ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the Ascent Podcast, we bring to you a flat earth debate. Yes, that's right, a flat earth debate. Me and Chris have had this idea for a while now. And a few months ago, me and Chris said, why the hell not? Let's do it. Let's get two individuals together who are willing to come together, who are on different sides of the fence. Somebody who is a flat earther and somebody who has high credentials, like an astrophysicist or a scientist. So anyway, me and Chris were working quite hard to make this happen. And eventually, we got two people who are willing to come together and debate. And obviously, this is a conversation that is going to bring a lot of controversy. And there's going to be a lot of people saying, why have you entertained a conversation like this? But the thing is, is that we are living in a time now where we do have the ability to bring controversial topics to the table And let's see where the cards fall. Let's see what happens when you bring two different people who are on completely different sides of the fence. Somebody who's a flat earther and somebody who believes in the round earth model. And let's just entertain a conversation and have an open-minded debate about this topic and about many other topics. So obviously this is our first debate that me and Chris have done on the podcast. Looking back at this podcast now, I'll definitely say that me for my, myself personally i feel that i could have definitely um jumped in at times within the conversation and stayed it in certain directions to make it better but it is all a learning curve and for me personally this is the first time we've done anything like this and in the future we definitely are planning on doing more debates like this so this first one is definitely a learning curve and what a debate to start with definitely because this is very controversial so i really hope that you do enjoy this whether you just have a laugh from it, whether you do gain some knowledge from it and find some interest and different answers that you never thought of, whatever it is, please just enter this conversation with an open mind. So to do this podcast, we we invited Pierre Lazacroc on the podcast. He's from the University of Sussex and also allegedly Dave. And if you don't know who Pierre Lazarok is, His research expertise is particle astrophysicist, so he comes with very high credentials. He's from the University of Sussex, and he's researching many different, many different stuff. And he's and he's a guy who is who is has a lot of credentials when it comes to sort of researching this this these certain topics. And also as well, allegedly Dave, who is an alternative researcher, and he's been researching the flat Earth theory for quite a while now. So this will be very this this conversation is very interesting as we do bring as as we bring these two people together. They are both obviously very knowledgeable in this podcast. In certain parts, does get very technical. 
So please try and stay with it. This is a very interesting conversation and I really hope that you enjoy it. And just before we jump in with this one, I wanted to say thank you so much to our to, to some of the new patrons who've become patrons. It really means a lot to us. You really are helping us, allowing us to keep doing what we're doing with this podcast and supporting us when me and Chris are traveling all over the place to get to do podcasts like this. It really does help us out. And if you want to support the podcast, you can do that for our Patreon page. We also have a one-off donation option. As you know, we don't run stupid ads. The best way to support us is through them channels. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this debate, the Flat Earth debate. I bet you never thought you'd hear that on our podcast. Or maybe you did. <laughs> but anyway, enjoy this debate between a Flat Earther and an astrophysicist. both of you thank you so much for joining us and doing this as well on the podcast and i think what i really love about this conversation is that i think we're in a time where i think we need a lot more interactions like this where people with opposing views are willing to come together and debate and things like that and i think it is a very interesting time where we can do this but i was thinking maybe just a a good way to start this would be maybe just for yourselves just to introduce yourself to the audience as well a bit about your background and sort of things like that you want okay. to go first, Dave? Yeah, uh, I'll go first. Yeah, um, yeah well, I'm, I'm Dave. I've, um, I've been a uh, researcher um, into topics of the truth for, uh, okay. for about uh, 15 years now. Um, looked into very various aspects of the truth, um, starting with 9-11 and uh, going on to you know, various different topics from there. So uh, I got into the Flat Earth um, in the summer of 2014. Um, just come across a, a strange video talking about weird experiments and it also told me about the curvature calculation and uh, I was a bit surprised at what that calculation was so I went out and, and tested it and found that I could see way more than I'm supposed to be able to see and that's what started me off. Yeah well over to you Pierre. Yeah so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a postdoc at the University of Sussex. Um, I'm very happy I'm here uh, this is, um, I must say, this is this sort of podcast is probably not something that I would watch myself as a scientist and as a person. But of course, this means that this is very different public, you know, from the one that I'm interacting to. Um, and of course, that makes it way more interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm actually very, you know, honored to be here. And I think we, as you said, we, we need to have more of this, these interactions. Um, so for me, I, so yeah, I am a researcher at the University of Sussex. Uh, I've been here for a few months now since May, um, and I uh, study particle physics, which is the the the, um, the uh, sort of the, the fundamental constituent of nature, uh, the one which uh, we can't go any smaller by the uh, the uh, by observation essentially. Uh, so we have, you know, there is a theory which is essentially self-contained, um, which is sort of what I do in my daily work, uh, try to, to, uh, to see 
uh, and to understand and understand this theory. And the theory is called the standard model of particle. And and so yeah, we are trying to like essentially measure the free parameters of the standard standard model uh, with um, experiments like the Large Hadron Collider or uh, some experiments I'm working on actually, which is on on neutrinos. Uh, so yeah, this is this is what I am. Cool. <laughs> So maybe Dave, I was over to you, and I was just going to ask you maybe what some of the the sort of le- the leading points in your mind why you think the obviously Earth is flat. Okay, leading points. Well, the the first most obvious is the complete lack of curvature. Um, no matter how much we try and, and find the pesky curvature, we can't find it. You know, um, as I said, I expe- um, I uh, mentioned the curvature calculation which on a 25,000 mile um, circumference should be 8 inches per mile squared. That's the amount of drop that you should experience. So um, armed with that calculation, you can go out and, and you know, if you have a, uh, a landmark, uh, a known distance away, preferably over the, over the sea, because obviously there's nothing in the way, um, you, you can do sighting experiments to see how much you're supposed to be able, you know, you're supposed to, be able to see. And uh, I guarantee you, you'll see much more than you're, you know, you're supposed to be able to see. Um, so between that and uh, and the gyroscope, that's that's my my pet one. Um, the gyroscope has a property called uh, rigidity in space. That means once it's set spinning, um, it will stay in its orientation no matter what you do with it, regardless of, of gravity, regardless of where it is on Earth. It will stay in its uh, original orientation, you know, re- um, you know, according to space. So, um, so you get aircraft have uh, a, a gyroscope. They they always have a mechanical backup gyroscope uh, in uh, in their artificial horizon. So how it works, very, very simply, is uh, before the plane takes off, they, you know, they're on a level surface, they spin it up, so it gives you the true reference to the ground. So once that reference to the ground is set, then they always know where the horizon is, even through thick cloud. It's not because, you know, as the, as the plane sort of does its um, manoeuvres, yeah, the gyroscope will stay in its original orientation, yeah. fundamental principle um, of you know of, uh, of gyroscopics. Um, so, uh, if a plane is doing, uh, say, four thousand uh, four thousand mile trip, um, I think that's uh, that's something like ninety degrees. Maybe it's, it might be, I can't remember, but it's probably about ninety degrees um, or sixty degrees. I think it is of arc. That it will make uh, over the uh, the round Earth, so the um, so the artificial horizon should start to roll backwards during straight and level flight, but it doesn't. Yeah, it tells you that uh, you know the, a plane is flying over a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, now people have uh, said that oh, gyroscopes have have uh, you know these things called pendulous vanes, which uh, which correct for the uh, for the curvature, but when you actually look into what these pendulous veins are there for, it's to to stop the other um, property of a gyroscope, which is called precession. Um, and uh, precession can be induced mechanically um, by sort of, uh, if it's a vacuum system, by uneven air or, um, or particles of dirt in the air. Um, or it can be induced 
if you do too many maneuvers, you get to a point where it, the uh, the gyroscope starts tumbling. So they, they invented these these pendulous vanes to stop it tumbling. Uh, it doesn't um, correct for curvature. So um, so 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 that's it. It's uh, those two. Uh, I think I've got to add as well while I'm on that subject of planes, is that um, planes the the its attitude an attitude of a plane yeah and um you know straight and level flight it's determined by the air flowing over over the wings yeah nothing to do with gravity nothing to do with the surface of the earth if the air is flowing in the right way over over the wings the plane will fly straight and level if you let go of the yoke um of the controls yeah the plane's supposed to fly straight and level but sometimes it doesn't so they have a thing called a trim wheel so they trim the air surface, the control surfaces, so that the plane will fly straight. Okay. So if a plane is flying straight and level over a curved surface, it will start to gain altitude. And the, the pilot would have to nose that plane down to keep it straight and level. But no, no pilot ever has to make, um, you know, uh, make changes. Uh, they never have to nose down. Yeah, and the plane will not automatically follow the curve of the Earth. It will fly straight and level yeah. according to the air flowing over it. That's it. Yeah, very interesting stuff. So just over to, uh, to you, Pierre, as well. Um, in relation to 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 sort of what in relation to what I, the same question I said to Dave, but over to you in terms of what's the key points in your mind why the Earth is why you believe in the the, the Earth is round? Sorry. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's not that I believe in, it's really because it is, uh, I mean, it's not because I don't want to say that in a sense of, uh, you know, sounding a bit pedantic, yeah. but it's because there is many observations from many different people that are saying the earth is wrong, right? So I have here, I've listed actually the, the top uh, special agencies around the world which have taken picture of the Earth. Um, so there is the Chinese National Space Agency, the ESA, the European Space Agency. So if you look on, you know, newspapers on Internet, you will find some pictures by national uh, newspapers that have a picture of the round Earth. Mm. And that's coming from different sources, you know, and I think this is just a good enough example, right? So the a good enough evidence. So yeah, there is the Indian Space Research Organization, the Japanese Space, the JAXA, NASA, the Russian equivalent Roscosmos. So I think this in itself is is probably you know a good uh, a good uh, proof, right? I mean, I don't really there is. Yeah, it's it's a bit um, so so for for the, the 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 fact that you know it's because like uh, well yeah I mean observation essentially and uh, the the self consistency of all that we know mm -hmm. uh, is probably what is the the, be the 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 best answer. So um, we don't observe any object if we look through a telescope. There's nothing which which looks flat in the in the in the universe, and that is 
you know, a very, that would be very weird that, you know, once in a billion thing that, well, maybe not billion, but like in a million thing, then we have to have something, something that says the, the earth is, is, is different from everything else because it's flat. Um, and that would be, you know, we would have to explain what, what, if the earth was flat, then there would have to be a theory why everything, every single object that we observe on, on in, in the cosmos is round. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, I think this is, this is already quite a very powerful statistical, um, statistical way of, of, of doing it, right? We have many different, if you look through a telescope, you will never see something flat on the, um, in, in the sky, mm. which, which is already, you know, like as far as this, as, as far as science is, is concerned, you know, this is very powerful, right? To have to say, oh, um, so that means we would be in a very different place, right? We would be in a, in a, in a place where, where, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it, it would be very particular. Mm. It, I was, I was just going to say before, before uh, jump in. Um, I'm sure you have some points on that later. <laughs> yeah. You? I mean, I was actually going to, I was just going to dive straight in now and I was actually going to, because I just want to give you a bit of time to sort of introduce yourselves to the topic yourselves, what, what you think about, what you think about it. But I would love to now just basically just open it up and just sort of get straight in the deep of it and allow yourselves to maybe if you have any questions for Dave, if you have any questions for Pierre. Can I ask you, Dave? Um, Dave, what would you make of uh, what Pierre says there about the various different space organisations that have taken photos of the Earth and it is actually shown a sphere? Right. Well, the first and most obvious question is why does every single um, photograph of the Earth look different? If you put them all together and look at them, every single one looks different. The answer, the answer to that, is with uh, with the uh, a guy called Rob Simmon, who actually works for NASA. Okay, um, and his job, as he describes it, and you can find this on YouTube, um, is is creating images from data. Yeah, so they get supposedly they get he gets a load of data, and he creates a a, a a picture of, of Earth from this data. And um, you'll see that he says, you know, I have to, um, I, I take the clouds out and um, I have to put a, a layer over it to simulate the atmosphere. I have to put something called a specular highlight where it's uh, where the sun would uh, would reflect on the, on the sea. Um, I have to, you know, give it depth. I have to make, and he, he says how he, he artistically creates the, this image, it's called the blue marble, yeah? Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I'm not an astronaut. I've never yeah. seen it, right? But this is what I think it looks like, yeah? Now, I can tell you that in every single one of these space agencies, there's a Rob Simmon creating these images from Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And I think the famous, the famous line, he says, it, it is Photoshop. It, it, it's, it has to be, <laughs> yeah? So I'm sorry, every single one of these, these so-called images from space, right, are not photographs. They're composites, they're made up CGI. And it doesn't matter what space agency that, uh, who's producing them, they're all getting in on the bandwagon of, of taking public money for, you know, and, and, and giving lies for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, if, if we look at what we have in front of us and we would take different cameras, you know, take this one, take your phone, take somebody else's phone, take a, a big, a 
DCR, Nikon, Super Smart, cool one, then we would get a different image. I think this is really clear, right? So that means technology and what exactly we're recording on the tape is going to make you know the image different. And I think this is different really how clear. different how different how as in the number of pixels, the uh, internal resolution, the whatever objective you put on the colors. Here. What do you mean? The colors be resolved differently. Yeah, the colors be resolved differently size because of the change. Huh? Size of continents change. Well, it's different, different space. Well, different, different space, different. In in different in different, you know, you could take it in around different place, and then you know the right. This is my hand, right? If I look at it in this way, then it will look different, and I'll take a different picture. No, no, I, if I, 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 take a I picture didn't say like different in orientation. I said different size. There's, there's but it looks different in the size, right? Like if I have it very close and if I have it very far. Yeah, but in relation to the to the the, the earth, the size of the earth. Yeah, there's uh, we've got multiple pictures of the United States, for instance, where um, you know they're they're different sizes on the earth. Yeah, we've got things like pictures of of um, of Australia. Yeah, from daytime and nighttime. With exactly the same cloud formations above above it, you know, like clouds do not move. Apparently, um, I particularly have a, a picture. Um, oh, Galileo, which is taking uh, the twenty five uh, shots over twenty five hours, showing the rotation of the Earth. Right. Well, there's some very particular cloud formations on it. Yeah, that don't move over twenty five hours. Yeah, but I've also found a picture taken supposedly of Antarctica from space with exactly the same cloud formations yeah which so they're using a cloud map so um oh, I'm sorry I mean, what so if it was if I had to do this right if I had to make clouds then I would use a random number generation and there would be no possibility of having the exact same clouds uh, what I think is happening is yeah it looks quite similar but to be honest, I also have the impression, as you said, oh, those images can be photoshopped, then I think you might be looking at Photoshop pictures as well. Sure. But <laughs> go, go, to, go to NASA, go to NASA, download their big blue marble image, and then you'll find on that image what, what they call clone stamped clouds. Yeah. Mm. So in Photoshop, you have a tool called the, the clone stamper. Yeah. Where you, you sample a picture, a part of the picture and you can stamp it in various places. Yeah. So you'll find that uh, most of that image is made up of clone stamped clouds. Um, you, uh, you know, you can get it, download it yourself and find it. Mm. You know, the, nature doesn't create sort of, uh, you know, multiple ver versions of the same cloud. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to... Well, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I just... Also, the other thing about the blue marble... So, I, I, I don't know what is blue, blue marble. Um, but there is also a whole part of science which is very important, you know, for me and for the weather forecast and all of this is predictions and model building, right? So, I'm not sure what is exactly blue marble, Matt, but I have this impression that you're talking about some people trying to replicate... You know the the behavior of the Earth, the behavior of like how clouds clouds are moving, and how you know sort of like the system of the Earth, right? Um, and that is you know at the end that gives us something which is probably really close to what we know as 
the system of the Earth round, round Earth and something like that. But this is just a model simulation. And the reason why we do that is we want to like try to infer what is going to happen, you know, for weather, what is going to happen for climate change and things like that. So this is, you know, there's, you know, science is about predict, well, trying to understand what we, trying to understand what we see, right? So we, you know, there's a, the whole part which is observation and we have to observe what we see and taking data. But there's another part which is we have to predict what, which model can can actually fit this data can make it look like what we are seeing right and this is what the whole area of model building um and i'm not surprised that there is somebody like that in nasa who is actually doing whose job is actually to like make the earth create create a simulation of the earth right because this is what is being used we, we we want to have that right we want to have this sort of things and have a complete understanding because if we can simulate it and then observe the exact same you know and take a picture and take the exact same picture as what we've we've simulated then that means we have a complete understanding of the of the system when we're not talking about a simulation okay in 1972 the only uh, image that, or, or, that supposedly a photograph of the Earth, yeah, was taken by, uh, I think it's Apollo 17, right? It's the only one that uh, is ever acknowledged to be an actual photograph. Um, now, there's uh, footage from uh, Apollo 11 showing how they, they faked, you know, seeing the Earth as a ball in space by turning off all the lights in the, in the cabin, um, you know, having the porthole in, in the, in the uh, spacecraft yeah, be the circle of the Earth, you know, the Earth filling up the whole porthole, yeah, and then putting a piece of card in to be, to represent the Terminator, yeah. That was them faking uh, a, a photograph of Earth from space, okay. Um, so the 1972 image is suspect, okay. So NASA basically says that every other image, including the blue marble, which is just a photograph, it's not a simulation, it was just there to create a photograph, supposedly. Yeah, every other image that NASA puts out is CGI. Yeah, but it's not only about NASA, right? Well, there's I'm, Chinese, all European, the others too. Indian, Japanese. All of the others too. They're all getting but in why, on the why act. Why would there be this sort of consp like conspiracy? What, why? What? What would these people gain to do these well, sort of things? On the on the really base level, okay, NASA gets something like fifty-eight um, billion. Um, so is it 58 billion a day or something? Oh no, 52 million a day. 52 million dollars a day. Okay, that's enough of a, of a, um, you know, a, a reason to do these things just on its own. There are other reasons for it, but that's, uh, you know, that's the one that most people can actually um, understand. Yeah, if you're getting 52 million dollars a day, right? Wouldn't wouldn't you fake it if you could get if you can convince people to give me give you fifty two million dollars a day and all you have to do is give them photographs? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Because this is getting a little bit into politics, so I, I just want to take a step back because uh, yeah, right. Uh, this this you know there, there's a, the, what would it prove? for me to convince you of the inverse, right? Because if you told me, right, oh, well, we have, you know, 
and I'm going to look those those up, right? The gyroscopic effect, etc. Um, although I, I doubt that this is going to well. Okay, I, I can explain this later. But um, if you were to 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 come here and have um, sort of explanation why, for example, we don't observe anything which is flat. Why is the sun shining? Uh, you know, where does it get its energy from? These sort of things. Then I, w I would be ready to be like, okay, maybe the Earth is flat, right? But the the thing is, and and that, and that is because um, the, the what I believe is 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 science is uh, falsifiable, right? So this is this is from uh, well, this is maybe a bit pedantic, but this is from Karl Popper, all right, which is a, a philosopher, um, and and he wrote that in the Logic of Scientific Discovery in uh, 1959, and so you know it's. <laughs> Like science has to be falsifiable, so we, sometimes you know we get it wrong, um, and then somebody comes up with a great idea, and then oh, that you know the whole paradigm, the whole way of thinking of science just changes, right? But you know that NASA fake photos doesn't really change the way science is. Nature doesn't really care about NASA, right? It's not like you know the, all this is like this is all you know upstream political. All, all of this doesn't really change the, the science of it. NASA's right? not there to change science, though. It's just there to change the minds of people. That's it. It's not there to change science. Well, sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah, no, well, I mean, this is kind of what I want to say, really. Because, um, you know, you, you're saying the, the lack of curvature, right? Okay, let's say you, can, you cannot see... You're talking about this, you know... Well, I'm assuming is like you, you put a, a, uh, something which is of known height and then you go somewhere far um, and then you try to see whether you can see this one with uh, spectacles or something. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, so much a known height, but, you know, see the bottom of it, for instance. See the bottom of it. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you know, at which height do you do your observations? At, you know, how is the sun reflecting? All this sort of thing matter and... You just have to have it, like, you have to go, it, you, you know, this is not about, you're not trying to measure the actual radius of, cur of curvature, right? You're trying to measure whether the Earth is round or not. It's, the, it's a different problem, right? So if at any point you go further enough and then you don't see the, the stick in, anymore, then the Earth is round. Is that? Well, absolutely not, because, you know, we, you, can, you, can do, you can do a, um, an experiment yourself. Get a camera, place it on the ground, yeah? And uh, on a flat surface like a, uh, a basketball court or something, yeah, walk away from that camera and you'll, see, you'll find oh. that your legs disappear and, uh, you know, up to your knees oh, will disappear. No, no, no. This is how, you know, perspective works on a flat surface, yeah? Right. You know, okay. we're told this is the 500-year-old proof of the flat earth. So on, on, on a football ground, for example. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, all right, okay. If, if this is different, this is different. Okay, misconception then. The 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 curvature of a of a of a circle or a sphere, when you take a big radius, tends to be flat, right? That's what it it is, right? But it's not flat. Um, so it's kind of like measuring the curvature of a marble and measuring the curvature of a big whatever helium uh, balloon or something then you know you will find it 
like much much smaller, right? Like an ant on a on a, a base a, a beach ball or something. Exactly. So at this this distance, you know, especially of a football ground, or you know, that is just not relevant. You can't you can't measure because the 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 no no but that's the, the not displacement what, would be like much that's smaller. not what i'm saying about that uh oh, that no i'm saying that this idea that you know as something goes away from you it will go over a curve yeah because you you lose the bottom of it yeah uh, no on a flat surface yeah you can you can actually um repeatably demonstrate how just walking away on a flat surface it appears as though somebody is disappearing below a curve yeah but they're not obviously they're on a flat surface yeah i've got i've, I've right. done a couple of videos that show that that effect yeah so, so i mean um right let's you know we're next to brighton so i guess i have to say that Let, if we if we go, all go to the i360 and then climb on top of the you know take the, the big ride and you know go on top of it why can't we see the eiffel tower because, you know, we can only see a certain distance. We've got atmospheric effects that mean you can't see, you know, uh, if, if you live in California. No, but okay, let's uh, well, just say... Let me like, just give you an example. If you live in California, yeah, um, you get the weather report in the morning. You get, as, as, along with the weather report, visibility, 10 miles. Yeah? It's not because of curvature or anything. It's because the atmospherics limit the distance you can actually see. Yeah, but you could design some experiment where you have a laser and you shine it from the Eiffel Tower and you could have telecommunication like this. Boom, you don't need to have satellites. Well, you don't need to have satellites because, again, we, we have line of sight communications which, again, should be um, hidden by the curvature. Yeah, um, there was an experiment. Yeah, so satellites do exist, right? No, no. We have line of sight um, experiments with uh, there, there was an experiment in there's a, a horrible uh, video a horrible documentary but uh, they used um, I think it's called the Con convex earth and they they got scientists from South America they did an experiment where they were sending a Wi-Fi signal um, over a distance I think it was 50 miles where it should have been hidden now this Wi-Fi signal is line of sight yeah if it's blocked by anything, you won't get. Um, you won't Sorry, get the where did the uh, Wi-Fi signal go? Sorry, they were, they were beaming a Wi-Fi signal from one one station to another. There's a frog down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, beaming a Wi-Fi signal from from one station to another one, 50 miles away. Mm. Right, the curvature should have blocked that signal. It's line Wi-Fi line of sight. Yeah. Well, it depends on which height the this radio it's radio it's line of sight it can't go through the earth yeah. no but it depends on which height you well, no, they were doing broadcast it, the, right? the, the height is taken into account you can go online and get the earth curvature calculation one of the parameters you have to put in is your eye height yeah so it's taken into account okay i've got pictures of the white cliffs of dover from um from uh calais or Boulogne, I can't remember, Boulogne, I think it is, yeah? It's uh, 31 miles away from the White Cliffs of Dover, yeah? The eye height is 30 feet, yeah? That's where the picture was taken. And with the, the Earth cliffs, calculator... The cliffs are way higher than that. I right? know, I know, I know. But with the, when you, Can you plug see the those, base of the cliffs? When you plug those figures in, yeah, it should be... Um, 353 feet should be hidden, yeah? 
the um, the cliffs are 350 feet, yeah, and yet from that picture you can see the base of the cliffs. You can see the, all of the cliffs, yeah. What I'm saying, I'm I'm not I'm not making stuff up here. You, we can, anybody, any of us can go out and do our own experiments, yeah. Plug in the, the, the figures into the calculation and see, no, I'm, I'm not supposed to be able to see that, but I can see it. There it is. I, I think this is a different, different problem, right? There is one question is whether the Earth is round or not. The other is what is the, what is, is actual radius? All right. I think I can, like, and, and, and trying to measure the, the, you know, having like some actual numbers and figures that you put in those calculations, right? It's actually quite complicated. It's not because the, the, the radius is so big, then you need to have like very precise instrument to do this sort of measurement. Not really. I've got, I've got, um, AutoCAD. Well, what is the error on your I've got AutoCAD. Yeah. I can draw up the earth, you know, the, the right size of the earth in AutoCAD. And with AutoCAD, you can measure. Yeah, but do you know how, for example, if you take a picture, you know, what is, you know, say you say you take one meter stand like what we have in front, and then you 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 want to take a picture of Calais, you know, do you know how much the exact what is the exact altitude? Are you standing on some, you know, something? As, some... as I said, it's you plug in um, various. Um, you know, parameters into the Earth curve cal calculation. No, but I'm, I'm not saying you're making the calculation right, wrong. I'm saying the error estimation is wrong. Well, there's no error in it. It's a, ca it's well, a, that's the problem. It's a calculation. That's not scientific then. It's a <laughs> we know, we know how to calculate a circle. Yeah. No, no, I know how to calculate. You know, yeah. I, this is, this, there's no problem. There's no problem, right? The, the, the problem is like, if you take a stand and take a picture, right? What is the actual height at which you're taking that picture that is very important when you're trying to make this and i'm trying to say included in the calculation right i said eight inches per mile squared yeah um that's the that's the base calculation but you can say so you can go online and it, this earth curve calculator right one of the parameters is what's your eye height what's the height of the target yeah what's the distance of the target yeah and you plug that in, it tells you what should be obscured, even from your eye height. Yeah? And, you know, again, you can take what that into the, consideration. But what is the error on your eye height? Like, what is your error? Like, what is it plus or minus 10 centimeters? Is it plus or minus 2 meters? Is it plus or minus... Where are you standing when you do this sort of calculation? Okay, when you do the calculations, you, you go you know, to sea level, because I said most of Sea level, but you know, you have tides, what do you actually no, stand sorry, on the beach? sea is level, no matter where it is, yeah? The sea, <laughs> that's why it's called sea level, yeah? Water yeah. finds its own level. Yeah, but yeah? like... So if, you're, if you go down to the beach, yeah, uh -huh. and you measure up from sea level, no matter what the tide is, yeah, because... Uh, the water's okay, going to be level. The, same, the side is the same opposite. Right, it's going to okay, be right. The, right. So you know the the height above sea level, right? So then you can do. So I would I would say there is at least two or three meter in errors in the sea level. Okay, let's doing like let's, this, let's right? assume I, I you're right. Let's assume you're right. <laughs> two or three meters. Yeah, difference. but your eyes. What is your eye height? Right, the eyes is that sorry, I missed what you I, your high height, yeah. right? Is one and a half meter or one hundred and eighty centimeter or something. Okay. Right? So the error is already bigger than your than what 
I'm not. Yeah. No, no, no. Is that I'm, not true? No, like, because as I said, you, you plug volumes, in. Right? You plug in the actual eye height. You measure your eye height above sea level. Yeah, that's one of the things you do to to get the right calculate the right value. Okay, you include the eye height. Okay, it it calculates what that curve. So is your should... eye height is in between zero and three and a half meter. It's because you have waves and you can't measure exactly where you're standing on the beach, exactly like where is the actual sea level. The actual sea level is where the water is. Water, waves, right. water finds its own level. Are you saying that I can't measure it? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, if you go, where, where do you stand on the, on, on the beach? You know, where, like, it, it, it's like, all I'm, all I'm trying to say is that there's like... Here's the sand, doing, no, here's no, the water. I, <laughs> you measure from where all, that all I'm trying to say is, is is like for for this sort of measurements right which are actually required to be quite precise okay. you need to have proper error estimation the error that you're making on every single thing that you want to measure right okay. that you're trying to measure and that is how you're going to make it and if you do that well I can guarantee you that you're going to find that you can see the over whatever you want really yeah so, so, you, that you will find that is inconclusive, essentially. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's what you're saying, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but it, as I said, we can go out. You can go out and, with, with, you know, unless you want to do the, the scientific thing and fudge the figures, yeah, add in a, a constant, yeah, <laughs> which, which uh, you know, scientists will want to do. Oh, yeah? I mean, uh, Add in a constant. <laughs> let's, let's, let's add in an error constant. And, uh, oh, no, no, oh, no. no we the, can see. the error constant is... is no. Is inherent into science, right? We can't do science if there's no error calculation. That's I, just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have so to have that. If we have a circle, right? We have a point above the circle. You know, we have we have known I'm not distances. Saying, I'm not saying that the. It's there's no error. There I'm not. No I'm error. not saying that that AutoCAD is wrong when it's making the calculating the circle, the radius of the circle. I'm saying, you when you take the, you know, you take your measuring tape, that might be a little bit wrong. <coughs> Again, water finds its own level. So where the water is at my feet is the same place the water will be. You know, that's that's why you get like um you can you can test this with a with a, a, a clear tube. Fill it with water, yeah. You uh sort of mark where it is, you know, in one place, take the tube half a mile away, yeah, it's gonna be exactly the same place, right? Water always finds its own level, right? So so you know if I'm measuring from the water here. It's going to be the same wherever, yeah? Is there any other, um, maybe any other questions you would like to ask each other as well? Maybe just draw a line well, on I, that one for now. I, I, I would like to address uh, saying that, uh, you know, um, why is the earth um, flat and everything else in the sky um, round, yeah? Now, um, Pierre said that, um, that you know, you look, you've looked through the telescope and you've seen um, spherical objects up there, yeah? Well, mm, that, that's where I've got a problem because, you know, it takes two eyes to, to render 3D, yeah? So if you're looking at something through a telescope, you can only see it in 2D. It's a blob of light. It's not, it's not spherical at all. If you see anything spherical with one eye, right, you're making that up. <laughs> Seriously. Right. You can but only, you can how, only render how, 3D with two eyes. How would that look like then? What I'm how would that look like? We would have to have, like, in this extreme... Maybe this weird configuration where every single flat object that we observe is 
looking straight down at us. I'm at not saying jungle, right? I'm not Otherwise, saying things are flat. In the the stars oh, okay. and the, and, the, and what we call the planets and whatever are flat. I'm saying they are lights. Yeah. Have you ever heard of sonoluminescence? No. Sonoluminescence is when you you pass ultra ultrasonic sound into a liquid. Yeah. You get it at a precise frequency. What happens is bubbles. It's called cavitation. Bubbles will appear and then collapse. And as those bubbles collapse, it emits light. And you you literally play fire this sound into water and you get a light shining like a star they call it star in a jar yeah it's not a round light or flat light or no it's it's a a light okay so um up up there are lights in the sky yeah and they're not spherical they're just lights but even if you know you said you categorically said no they're they're spheres you know if you've got a, um, you're on a basketball court and there's lots of basketballs, you know, is the is the court supposed to be a, a sphere just because there's all these basketballs around? No, this is a special place. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is different, right? We've made the basketball and we've made the tennis court, so that doesn't apply. Right? Well, somebody it's made something, this place. something which is mediated by, you know, holds together with gravity is always wrong. What's, sorry, gravity. Oh. That's another. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> That's another topic. Okay, yeah. I mean, go ahead, because I'm not sure. Because on on well, maybe we'd I'd have to explain that. But on a flat Earth, right? If there is a gravity, then you're attracted towards the center of mass, and the center of mass is in the center of the of a disc. So it's like literally, you know, in the center of the disc. And as you move, you know, on the side. Then if you're attracted towards the center, then that means the gravity starts to pull you, um, well, in a slanted way, essentially. So you'd have to like sort of climb towards, it'd be harder and harder to get to the poles, for example. Okay. That's but that's, that's only, um, you know, according to a theory of gravity. Which theory are you talking about? Because it sounds very much like Newtonian to me. Yeah. Right, well, this is... Well, New Newton has been proved to be absolutely, completely wrong. Right? Einstein came along and created a different model, not based on, on mysterious forces between two objects. Yeah, There's no mysterious force. Einstein says it's a curvature of space-time. Yeah? Now, all, both of these theories are there solely to, um, to allow this tendency of something to, to fall to the ground when, when let go yeah allow that tendency to to make it possible for somebody to stick on the bottom of a ball that's the only reason there's these Sorry, theories uh stick in the bottom of, I, I didn't quite catch well you know the the question a child asks the very first question what about the people in australia won't they fall off well these theories of gravity are only there to allow right this tendency for things to drop when you let go of them to allow for people to be standing on the bottom of a ball yeah, we don't see any evidence of gravity. Yeah, gravity is supposedly a weak force. Yeah, the weakest out of all the fundamental forces, apparently. Yeah, overcome by magnetism. So, and the, the sorry, overcome by magnetism. But what does that well, mean? Well, the uh, standard experiment or, or uh, demonstration of how weak gravity is is that somebody will um, get a magnet and lift up a load of paper clips and says, well, 
you know, this magnet is overcoming the, 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 the oh, force okay. generated by the entire planet. Yeah. yeah? So um, it's, it's stupid. It really is. If Here's an experiment, okay? If you but uh, sorry, I didn't quite catch how that would make gravity well let, let me let me a give, false force let me, let me show you an experiment it can be, it can, no no i mean i think this is quite important right well this right, is, this this is, is like that something is weak doesn't mean it doesn't exist right okay right so um a vacuum is much more powerful than gravity we know that because mythbusters did a, a show where they used a standard vacuum cleaner to lift a car yeah, just like the magnet lifting lifting paper clips. Yeah, um, a vacuum cleaner literally lifted a car. You know that power of that vacuum, only generated by a vacuum cleaner, not the vacuum of space. Yeah, was able to lift a car. Right. So we have a vacuum outside of this Earth, apparently, right? Which is. But it, sorry, if you stop making the vacuum in this vacuum cleaner, which I think actually it might be. You know, some sort of uh, magnet which actually did that, but maybe no, no, I don't know. If, it, if it's vacuum, it's vacuum. Yeah. Maybe if it's if you remove the vacuum, then doesn't the the car go? You know. Fall? Yeah. As soon as they switch the vacuum cleaner off, it fell. Right. So. So the point I'm trying to make is, the the vacuum generated by a standard vacuum cleaner, right, mm -hmm. was able to lift a car on the surface of the Earth where the gravity is strongest. Yeah easily lift this this car okay now we have a, a vacuum which is many times orders of magnitude more powerful than the vacuum generated by that vacuum cleaner yeah mm. acting on the atmosphere of this of this ball earth okay so why isn't all the atmosphere dragged off into space because you know when you, whenever we see a high pressure next to a lower pressure there's movement from high to low always yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've got a pressurized system, the Earth, right next to an unpressurized system, space, and no movement from one to the other. Mm -hmm. Right? There's no barrier in the way, apparently. Yeah. So there should be a movement. And the only thing that's uh, supposedly stopping this movement is this weak force called gravity, which we've I've already just shown is overcome by a, just a, a piddly little vacuum generated by a vacuum cleaner. Um, I mean, I mean, this is something that you can try, right? Try yourself. Let, let's try, you know, we can try on, on this table. We'll, we'll try on this table. Let's take a vacuum cleaner and let's try to see if we can lift it. Well, if you see the, the Mythbusters yeah, thing, let's just Let's just see if we, I mean, this is something that we can do, right? Is this table heavier than a car? Yes or no? Uh, heavier than a car? Is this table heavier than a car? No, no it's not. Right? So therefore, you'd need to have a weaker vacuum to actually lift it up, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's just take, you know, whatever vacuum cleaner and just actually try here. No, do we, you can, think that this we could do the same with, a, with a, a plunger, actually. If we get a good enough seal on the plunger, yeah, put it on there and we'll lift a table. That's, oh. that's a vacuum. We create a vacuum by, with a plunger, yeah? Yeah, and it sticks. You if said it's got enough seal. You said vacuum uh, it cleaner. It doesn't matter. The vacuum no, cleaner, no, no, you, no. The vacuum no, no. cleaner is vacuum the source cleaner. of the vacuum. Right. <laughs> It doesn't matter where the source of the vacuum is, yeah? It's just a, a vacuum, a lack of, of atmosphere, yeah? You can create one with a suction pad, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay? Definitely. And that vacuum, that, that minute vacuum compared to the vacuum of space, will lift that table.
Yeah? We'll even yeah, lift yeah, a car yeah. if you get a good enough seal. Yeah? That's what I'm saying. If, if you've got a, a minuscule vacuum that can overcome gravity here on a surface where gravity is supposedly strongest, yeah? Why isn't it not sucking off all the... Sorry, sorry, <laughs> all the air into the vacuum, yeah, um, so that we should be uh, not being able to breathe right now. Because, um, well, in a sense, it is right because the Earth gets thinner when you go you go higher, right? So, yeah, there's no there's no movement of of of, of the Earth towards the space, but like the Earth, the you know, it's not like you get. A comp like a straight, um, a, a, you know, sort of like one time where it just becomes uh, becomes vacuum, right? It's like the Earth gets thinner and thinner, and then at the end it just gets okay. Nothing. Let's let's go with that. Okay, so let's imagine this table's uh, the Earth, and we've got the atmosphere here, and right now there's no vacuum um, attached to it. So let's say it's not thin; it's the vacuum. The 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 atmosphere is like full strength up here as well okay now we apply a vacuum right the the molecules at the top start to go off into space yeah because they're right next to the vacuum yeah so they go off and now you've got a lower level because now you've that this lot's been taken away yeah so now you're down here okay now this is um next to the vacuum that gets taken away and this is next to the vacuum and that gets taken away and so on all the way down until there's no air left because as i said you know even down here uh, a small vacuum will overcome gravity. So yeah. No, I mean, I don't know what is the thing. So if you want to, like, I, I don't know what is the, uh, like, what is the reason for this? Well, all, um, I'm, all I'm saying is I don't understand the model because the model does not make sense. You can't have a pressurized system next to a vacuum and, and hope to keep the pressurized system without having a barrier in the way. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought of these questions. Um, is there any any other maybe any other question that you would like to ask Dave on? Yeah, I mean, how how how? What about so so? Okay. So gravity is weak, um, and then sorry, gravity is weak, and then we we um we, what we're not on we're not experiencing gravity. Is that what you're meaning? I'm saying I'm just trying to to see what is the actual conclusion. Okay, I'm saying that uh, we don't have gravity; we have density and buoyancy. An experiment, I, um, a thought experiment, I'll give you here mm -hmm. is: imagine if you had um, a gas bottle, yeah, an empty gas bottle, <coughs> yeah. and you you weigh it, and then zero out that weight, so the you know the gas bottle um, is is reading zero on the scale, yeah. No, you tell it. Yeah, so you yeah. just zero it out. So you're, you're ignoring the, the weight of the gas bottle. And you fill that gas bottle with one pound of helium. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it'd be filled with liquid helium and you can measure it so it's a, a pound. Yeah? Evacuate that helium, that pound of helium, into a balloon. Mm -hmm. Hold the balloon and hold a, a pound weight. If you let go of them, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's going to fly. Balloon's going to go up, the weight's going to go down. They both weigh a pound. Mm -hmm. They both have, you know, this this uh, supposed force of gravity, you know, exerting exactly the same. Just that one's less dense. Yeah, one's more less density space. Still weigh a pound. Mm -hmm. One goes up, one goes down. Yeah? Mm -hmm. With, 
it's it's density and buoyancy anything denser than the air will go down anything um, less dense than the air will go up you know i've got videos of of somebody taking but, an but, but anvil what is, that, what is that saying like is that saying that gravity doesn't exist is what is it saying because this is gravity. like of course, of course this is right right like, yeah balloon fly up no and no i'm it, saying a pound weight just happens to be helium yeah it doesn't matter what it is yeah it's just that the helium is less dense than the air but yeah but it still weighs just, a pound sorry, that, that's just still weighs a pound that that doesn't I, I'm, i'm trying to understand what is the actual conclusion of this because you're trying to give me some explanation what what is gravity or you're trying to tell me like what is why is gravity so weak but that doesn't explain me what do you do like does that explain us like how you know if we go on to the to the the um the poles of the earth we get like uh non-uniform gravity no right we don't get, it we don't see non-uniform gravity yeah right yeah? that's the reason so that no, well, no, that is a good reason why just, the earth is not it's flat. just your model your model says we're on a ball and it's it's um gravity is pointing to the center of the earth no matter where you go i'm saying you know we're on a flat plane gravity there's only one down there's only one so there down is, there is one direction which is And there's one predict predict like one sort of fundamental direction which is down yes okay and it's only be, it's governed because of density and buoyancy yeah um okay that's it and you know when you if you if you went to the einsteinian model yeah einsteinian the einsteinian model it is a curvature of space and time Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have a, a massive object and it's curving space so that if you try and go past it, space itself is curving towards the, the earth, say. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, you try and go past it in a straight line, you'll curve towards the earth. And that's the that's why, you know, you, it's not really a force. It's literally a curvature of space. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. But what actually causes the movement? Yeah. Sorry, what, the movement? The movement. No. Um. Einstein's describing a curvature of space that says if you try and go in a straight line past the Earth, you're going to curve into it. Yeah, you're tr you're still going a straight line. It's just that space itself is actually curved. Okay, that's his model, right? No, well, so you're going to be deviated. Like you have to go. You're going to have a deviation from gravity, right? This is no. That's what I'm saying. They the, they they use a um an example of having a uh uh you know a bowling ball in uh, on the middle of a trampoline yeah and if you roll a marble next to it you know in a straight line it, the marble starts to curve towards and it ends up sticking to the to the basketball right great but it doesn't tell you what provides the movement okay because because if you put the you know if you're putting a marble next to it and you don't push it you put the marble next to the uh, or near to the the uh, the the bowling ball yeah Well, in that model, the, it's actually gravity, you know, the fact that we're on Earth and there's a downwards direction, that's providing the movement, yeah? Well, <laughs> I'm saying that Einstein's saying it's just a lines of, of space. It's not telling you what's providing the movement. If I drop something, right, well, the lines of space say that, um, that you know, near the Earth everything's going to point downwards yeah so if you try and do but it doesn't tell you why it's move it's going to move can you see what i'm saying yeah it's telling you about how space is curved but it's saying there's no 
no explanation for the actual uh, attraction or the movement. When I let go, right? Well, you know, if I if I was to throw it, it will follow a line of space that way, yeah. But if I don't, if I let go of it, what what's causing the movement? So Where the reason, uh, so right, okay. So this is actually quite a complicated question, and I think I know the answer. Right. The reason is because you are considering a three-dimensional space, right? Well, three-dimensional uh, space, which is, of course, the reason, but you need to, like, of course, but there's also time, right? And if you calculate the actual distance, right, w including those three, like, dimension plus, plus time, then you will find that it's not moving. Sorry? Because, no, it is, like, it, it's, it's a bit of, it, it's a mathematical, well, I don't know if it's, yeah, right. It's so so the right so so the this you you're referring as the uh, um the fact that there is a curvature on on space and etc and then the foot the light when it's sh shown then it gets deflected right yes so yeah I mean this is this is because we are thinking um as time and and space as being completely two different uh, entities and in fact. If you're calculating the um, the displacements according to uh, you know well essentially the the time and the space, then yeah that will that that quantity doesn't that quantity remains constant. So it's a bit of a mathematical well I would say trick, but it's just yeah it, it is like that really. Uh, well, again, um, as I said, if if you if you had the uh, the the bowling ball. In the middle of a trampoline, deflecting, you know, deflecting the uh, the, the trampoline down towards the bowling ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's say it's uh, it's in space. Let's imagine there is space. Yeah. And uh, and that that trampoline is in space away from the Earth. Okay. So now there is no Earth pulling that that marble down toward. Yeah. If you put the marble next to the uh, right next to the uh, bowling ball, it won't move. Because there's no no um, tendency to go downwards to make that marble move towards the. Uh, can you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So Einstein's th theory so, of space so is, time is, is this trying to actually say that? Because I I, 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 I mean, we see stuff falling on the Earth all the time, right? Yes. So and, what's the problem? And gravity is gravity <laughs> is just a theory to explain why. Um, why people can stand on the bottom of a, of a ball and not fall off. Yeah. That's all it is. The, uh, I'm trying to tell you that these theories don't work. Yeah. The curvature of space time, you know, allows for, for mo moving objects going near something where it's deforming space time. Yeah. A moving object will go towards it. Yes. Fair enough. But if that object isn't moving, there's nothing in, in Einstein's model that will, will, will account for the actual motive force, the actual thing that causes the object to move. Yeah? Does that so in, in Einstein theory, the object doesn't move. That's what I'm trying to say. But we, I can grab your pen and drop it and it's moving. Yeah, because it's because some time component. Sorry? It has, well, because it has, because the way you're calculating distance is different. Than the way Einstein calculated distance. Oh, cause, so so I'm it only. Actually it's this. just so when I drop it, it's just an illusion because I've done my sums wrong. <laughs> is that what you're saying? No, I'm, uh, 
No, no, I'm saying the way you calculated the distance, which is, you know, probably X, Y, and Z, uh, is, is, uh, is just not the way Einstein calculated distance. He calculated with the time. And if you do that, then you will find that this one doesn't move. Okay, well, that's, I'm sorry. No, no, that, but I mean, I'm well, sorry, that's I'm just blinding that, you know, me with bullshit, I'm afraid, <laughs> because, I, you know, that makes no sense to me. Um, I, you know, I, th I'm, I don't know if I've made myself clear of what I'm talking about, you know, the lines of space time. Yeah, I mean, Einstein theory is really complicated, and I'm probably not the best person to explain it, but I'm pretty sure that this is the way this, the way this was done. That the, you have to, if you want to like in, talk about gravity and poten potential of attractions, then you have to like actually take into account the, the time component. Right. Well, should we want something else? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there any, anything, anything else, any question that you want to really ask each other? That's something on your mind? No, I'm, I'm. So, so what us, yeah. Um, all right. Okay. So we have this direction which is downwards. Where does this come from? As I said, buoyancy and de density. Yeah. Um, normally, if you if you get an anvil, yeah, one of those big an metal anvils, yeah, and you you let go of it, it's gonna it's gonna hit the floor pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm. If you get a metal anvil and drop it in a bath of mercury, guess what? It floats. Doesn't go down. Yeah. Somehow, it's but that's a, not a theory, right? Do somehow, you that the mercury. Not, no, no, no. Like you're getting examples, right, of what we see and we can observe, but that's not an actual theory of I'm why sorry, we I'm, stuff flowing down. Sciences, isn't it? No, we observe stuff. No, we observe and they, things and then we try to explain it with some sort of mathematical concept. Why is stuff going down? Not mathematical concept. Or, mathematical or like some is theory. Just, just at all. What I'm well, saying. Well, it is. <laughs> what I'm saying is that uh, um, I'm I'm seeing effects. I'm giving you an explanation, right? Dens uh, density and buoyancy. Anything, anything, you know, more dense in the air is going to go down. Anything less dense in the air is going to go up. That's it. You don't need a mysterious force or a, you know, curvature of space time to explain it. The only thing, um, if you, you know, that you do need a curvature of space time or, or mysterious force is to explain how people can stand on the bottom of a, of a ball. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no? okay. I mean, yeah, but okay. You, well, all right. Next topic. No, I no. Guess. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, if people are satisfied with this sort of explanation, then I guess it's fine. But like, that doesn't still explain. That explains why stuff should float, right? Buoyancy. Density explains yeah. why it goes down. Uh, according to what? Like, well, what, what is, what, like, I don't understand. What is the actual force that makes us go down? That makes my pen go down? It's not, it's not, doesn't need a force. It's what density. Is it's, it's just, you can see the same thing. If you get, if you get a, a, just a balloon with air, yeah, put it on water, it will stay on top of the water. Yeah, but yeah? there is a, a, an actual equation that can calculate the buoyancy of something, right? A boat floats on the water, a bl um, you know, balloon goes, goes up. Because right. of density. No, no, there is some actual mathematical concept that can say, oh, it's the pressure of the, the earth, and, sorry, the pressure of the water, sorry. Under it's the, the pressure of the medium yeah, yeah, right. around the... Uh, yeah, which is different, you know, in the case of a balloon, from the top to the bottom, and etc., and that makes it, you know, go up. But there's no theory that say what is this stuff making it go down which well, is if, what gravity gives you well right? if again if you if you accept 
that a less dense object, something less dense than the air, will go up, then you've got to also accept that something more dense than the air right, is so going to go down. The right. Let me try to continue then. So it's more the air. The air is more dense on top, and then therefore it's less dense on bottom, and then that makes us go down. And then you can calculate like some sort of negative buoyancy or something. It's like it's, how how it's le- more what? simple than you your calculations. No, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, <laughs> it's very simple. You know, if you if you fill a, a balloon with water, yeah, uh-huh. and put it in the in the water, it'll have a neutral buoyancy. It'll just kind of float. You know, if you fill it with a, a liquid like um light engine light oil, yeah, it will float. If you fill it with no, heavy I, oil, I, I, it will sink. No, I, I, I it doesn't with, need I calculations. I agree with this. There's no problem with this, right? Like stuff floats on the water and, you know, balloon go up. There's no problem with this. The problem is, how do stuff stay on the ground? I just fail to understand it. I'm sorry. Because that pen is more dense than the air around it, yeah? Okay? So, so now how, the air how, cannot, how does the air the air cannot support it, yeah? The air can no longer support it because it's, it's heavier than the air. It's, it's, got, it's denser than the air. Yeah, I've already I've already said explained uh, how heaviness doesn't come into it because a pound of helium and a pound uh, of iron, you know, will go in two different directions. Okay, one one more topic, maybe one more yeah, yeah. one well, more one more question. Yeah, do you, you want to do you want to ask Pierre one question or anything? Well, not not really because the the difference is I grew up in the same model that Pierre lives yeah. in at the moment. Yeah, I I, I understand. Um, you know, I actually spent ages learning. Einstein, yeah, because I thought it was real, yeah. Um, so I I know the model that you're you're living in, yeah. Um, so uh, unless you, make, I mean, okay, that doesn't make you right. Yeah, that doesn't give any credit to what you're saying, right? Like whether you've you know what I know or you don't know what I know. This is just some like let's just agree that this is just a rhetoric, and it doesn't really change anything. So yeah, yeah. Oh, again, I'm not. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not trying to disparage you or anything. I'm just no, saying no. <laughs> that I understand your model. So, um, so far, nobody's actually come to me with something I've not heard before. Yeah, because I we we've all grown up with the same model. You know, <laughs> we've all grown up with this. Yeah, and 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 all I'm saying is when you look at it, that model doesn't make sense. You know, you can you can you know paper it over with lots of calculations and mathematics but fundamentally it doesn't make sense our senses tell us what this earth is yeah it's our eyes tell us it's a flat surface our senses tell us we're not moving yeah um and before anyone says uh you know uh, you should only uh, feel acceleration well when you're moving in a circle that's acceleration you're always constantly accelerating in different directions so you would feel it yeah um we don't feel it. We're being accelerated in in several different directions all at once. Yeah. The Except ro- if this acceleration is really small and then you couldn't measure it, right? Well, I don't know. A thousand miles an hour, um, rotation of the Earth, 67,000 miles an hour around the sun, 400,000 miles an hour being dragged along no, by the sun. No, those are big numbers, but when there's a big radius, that doesn't, you know. 400,000 miles an hour. Yeah. No, I mean, this... this Bigger like, than the radius yeah, of the Yeah, I mean, and, and there is, you know, 10 to 25 atoms in this stuff. You know, these are big numbers, but that doesn't make it 
that doesn't change the validity or something, okay, right? So if 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 a number is small, like if something is small or big, you know, that's <laughs> sort of irrelevant to like. So you know what? what? If if um if I'm sitting in a car and uh, that car moves off at like five miles an hour, I feel it. I I feel that acceleration five miles an hour. No, no two miles now. So I feel about, it. So you're talking about speed, right? Talking about acceleration. <laughs> Ooh, Sorry, excuse me. You're talking about speed, but that's different from acceleration, right? The the thing no, that no, you will find is going from zero to five miles per hour, right? That's acceleration. Moving around in a circle is acceleration, yeah. Moving at constant speed, you know, in a straight line is not acceleration. But yeah. moving at a constant speed in a circle yeah, yeah, is you, acceleration. Yeah, yes, acceleration. Yeah, I'm telling you that we're moving supposedly in this model in several different um, directions. You know, at once, accelerating in all all of these directions, and we don't feel it. You know, we can have a, a lake that's perfectly still. <laughs> you know, you can drop a feather and it goes lightly goes straight down. You know, while we're being hurtled in several different directions at once. So no, you know it. This model this doesn't match our senses. <laughs> okay. Anything well, I, like that before we uh, sort of wrap up? Yeah. Well, ac- sorry. Um, what I'm trying to say here is is really that there is right acceleration. You know all this, whether it's you know. This is sort of connects towards to the to the actual fact that the Earth is round or not, right? This the fact that we don't feel the acceleration. One explanation could be, and in this case, is that the acceleration is too small at the point where we're trying to measure it, right? We can do that, right? Like if I uh, I'm in a car and I have a whatever something like uh, accelerometer in my phone, and I accelerate very very smooth then I won't feel the acceleration, right? So this is one possibility is that this is real, right? So we have to agree that like some of the science experiment that we're discussing here have very, very big, um, sorry, scientific uh, bias and, and, and errors that you need to take care of. But that doesn't, that you need to take care if you want to actually calculate what is the actual acceleration at which we should feel because we're doing this and you know there's the Coriolis force and etc. So this has been observed, you know, in the whatever for climate and for weather. But um, th- those experiments are interesting because we, we you know, the it's, it's the the the. The the guy the, the person who is measuring it or who is measuring these sort of things is is has to take care of the this the uncertainty. So whatever you're measuring, whatever is been, you know, it's not about you know the radius of something. Radius of something that that everybody knows. You know, you know all the all those all those equations. People know exactly what is the, you know, you can know exactly what is the the radius and the curvature, etc. But what you're trying, what you're using to measure, that can be a little bit wrong, um, and I'm sorry, <laughs> and um, having and and making mistakes in those measurements is, you know, somehow it's a different answer than uh, than answering whether 
you know the the earth is is round or not right so it's it's are you trying to if you're trying to measure the ac the actual ac acceleration then you need to have a very precise apparatus if you want to to prove that the earth is is round <coughs> sorry is round then um maybe you 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 need to have a less uh less precise apparatus right and the fact that you can't see further away the fact that you maybe if you see i mean we've discussed about this already but you know these are different questions in science right trying to measure the the radius of the earth and trying to say to determine whether the earth is round or is round or flat that's in a sense that's a very different question um so yeah we should we should be careful about that um that's kind of what i want to say well you you also mentioned uh, the coriolis force which is interesting because it's not a force at all it's a, an effect yeah it's um it's like you get two kids on a on a roundabout yeah being spun around yeah and one kid rolls a ball to the other and that ball appears to the other kid appears to 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 make a a, a deflection to one side yeah but it only appears to it because if you're looking from above the roundabout yeah that ball is going in a straight line there's no force being applied to it. It's just the appearance of that ball, the appearance of that ball to the people on the spinning system. There's no force, yeah? So, so the idea that um, this Coriolis effect, yeah, can uh, change the direction of, uh, of hurricanes, yeah, it's a lie because there's no force involved. It's uh, just an effect. And they just made this idea of a force, you know, calling it a force, so that it uh, might sound like it will affect the course of, uh, of hurricanes. Yeah? Th that's it. We, we don't observe a Coriol Coriolis effect. You know, they say that snipers have to um, account for the curvature of the Earth um, because of, you know, not curvature of the Earth, but the, uh, the movement of the Earth. Yeah? Because it would deflect the bullet one way or the other. But um, no, we don't see it. The only, uh, the only reason that bullets sometimes do um, follow a, a slight curve is called the Magnus effect, which is bullets are um, fired from a rifled barrel, which make the bullets spin. Yeah. And when a spinning object is moving through air, it'll, it'll be deflected. Just like um, David Beckham can kick a ball and put spin on it and allow that ball to curve around in a circle, you know, in a, a nice, neat curve. But yeah? those effects could happen. Once again, the fact that this effect ha exists doesn't really change the conclusion whether the Earth is round or not, right? The no, fact that, that, that particular thing tells whether the Earth is, is moving or not. Well, sorry, moving or not. Yeah, well... I mean, this sort of thing could happen, right? Well, you, you get if, the if, Magnus if, effect if the, if the acceleration was small enough so that you couldn't see it at a distance of one of the You get the Magnus effect curve. It doesn't matter which direction you shoot in. You uh, would only get this uh, Coriolis effect if you shoot north or south. Um, you know, it's only north or south when you get the deflection. Yeah, so you can get both, right? Right, but I'm saying Magnus effects will, will occur no matter which direction you fire in. Yeah, you don't, and, and it's... It, works the same no matter which direction you fire in so you don't get any kind of increase um when you when you fire north or south right planes right don't have to fly north to go west yeah to take into account of this the earth is moving yeah 
So no, it's um, sorry. Um, I know. We're, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah we should, I'm, I'm, should, I think we're all freezing. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, honestly, so, thank you so much for both of you doing this. I think, like I said earlier, when I first started the podcast, I think we, I really do appreciate that you have both come forward with obviously alternate approaches to whatever this is. And I think it's going to be a great insight into people, so people can really sort of just, even if it just, even if the listener at home who's listening to this or watching whatever, just even just one thing that both on both sides have said, they just go and do a little bit of research themselves, and then they can from there they can find their own truths. So mm-hmm. I want to say thank you so much for both of you for doing this. I really yeah, do appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. It was very <laughs> interesting you. to talk with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and I hope you got some interest out of that conversation. Obviously, it is a very controversial and and out there topic. But like I said in the intro to this podcast, if in life you're not willing to go to places where nobody else is willing to go, how are you meant to bring new ideas and new concepts to people's minds? So I hope you did find some interest out of that podcast and I just want to say as well, Thank you so much to Allegedly Dave and Pierre for actually doing this podcast because initially when we were trying to set this podcast up, not many people were willing to step forward and do a conversation like this. So I wanted to say thank you so much for them too for stepping forward in, in, in a sort of a way as well, putting their necks on the line, putting their research on the line to bring you a conversation and a, and a debate to your ears. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that and there'll be many more of these debates in the future. I promise you that. And the levels in the game will definitely be upped on the next debates. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that through our Patreon page or we have a one-off donation option. And that's all to say anyway. So in, tune in next week where we have another amazing podcast as always. Peace and love. <laughs>